You're listening to the podcast of The Branch in Ashland, Virginia. Who am I? It's a question that we'll be wrestling with over the next few episodes as we look at our identity. Today, we look at who we are in light of being created in the image of God. God saw his creation of humanity and said that it was very good. We look at what that means for us. You know, I I don't think, I think all of us will eventually in life come to a place where we ask ourselves the question, who am I? Um, It's a question that that philosophers, that mystics, that theologians have pondered for centuries. And for some of us, we may ask that question, and it's not really a significant question to us. Finding an answer may not be as important to some of us as it is to others. But I think for those of us who consider ourselves to be followers of Jesus, children of God, um, I think it's an important question for us to ask. And I, I don't think it's just an important question to ask. I think it's an important question to, to really wrestle with the answer for. Um, and I think personally that it, if uh, we don't start with this question and answer. If we don't start with the question of who am I and actually wrestle with uh, the answer to it, um, then we're going to find ourselves in a whole lot more struggles in life. Because I think when we can ask ourselves that question and then come up with an answer to that question, not to say that all of a sudden life becomes uh, perfect and that we don't have any issues, but I think when we wrestle with the question and the answer of who am I and we face some of the difficulties in life, uh, then we begin to see uh, that the answer to it uh, acts as a compass to us or a level to us or an anchor to us. So it, it can be our true north. It can keep us directionally um, centered. It can keep us steady and level And it can also keep us grounded in the midst of the storms so that there's an anchor, something that keeps us stayed there. Today, we kick off a series on identity, and we start with an answer to that question. And I think we're starting with this because it's the place that we have to keep coming back to as we wrestle through this over the next few weeks, this idea of identity, keep coming back to um, who am I and uh, answering that question, I I think we're going to find ourselves looking over these weeks at some places that in and of themselves, they're not bad. Um, But um, that they should never be the places where we find our identity. And I I think it's going to be for some of us, maybe, um, a, a wrestling match, a place where, where we say, okay, um, I, I don't know how I feel about this. And, you know, uh, last series that we had done in, in 2021, we kind of ended that series with, with an experiment where we uh, put, put up some questions that people had anonymously um, had up on the screen during the service. And I think that may be a good way for us to, to kind of close a uh, series um, down to be able to have an opportunity for us to, to wrestle with questions. Um, there weren't a ton of questions that we 
we had last time. Hopefully that was kind of wetting the whistle, so to speak, for people, and it'll make people a little bit more comfortable uh, the next time we do it. But as we explore this question of who am I, I think the, the appropriate place for us to go to is the beginning. So if you have a Bible, you can turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. I mean, literally the beginning. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 1, if, if you have a Bible, uh, reading in the New International Version, if, if you don't and you have an app, uh, you can choose your own version there. If you have a different version, it may sound a little bit different, but... Hopefully, you'll be able to follow along still. Starting in verse 26, we read this. And God said, let us make mankind in our own image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. And so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. And then skipping down to verse 31. And God saw it all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. I think this is an important place for us to start, uh, to come to this place where we realize that God, the one who created all things, created everything that we see, created us not just haphazardly, but he created us in his own image. One of the things I think is important for us to see is what God says in verse 31. If, if I'd encourage you to go back and read all of Genesis 1, because um, we don't have time to do that this morning, but in context, uh, it's very helpful to see that God creates, he says it's good. God creates, he says it's good. And then on this day, when he decides that he's going to do something different with what he's creating and create it in his own image, he doesn't just say it's good, he says it's very good. Something he hasn't said before. And now he said, this is very good. And the thing that we get from this is that we were created with value. You know, if we believe that God created everything, which I do, then we see here that God set humanity apart from everything else. You know, the the exact way of how God created it, we can debate that forever. We're not going to get into that this morning. The big big question here is, um, did God create? create and I believe yes he did he created us in his image so that means he created us with value and that God set humanity apart from everything else but why is this important I think it's important because it lets us know that we're not just animals and there are times in life that we'll hear people talk philosophers scientists whatever and talk about human beings as animals But this passage in Scripture tells us that we're more than animals. To reduce us to animal behavior and animalistic kind of uh, behaviors in life is to reduce what God did when he created us. By creating us in his very image, the image of God, the Imago Dei. In, In our very creation, we were set apart from all the other animals. And... 
to say, hey, well, we're just animals is to place us back alongside every other animal that God actually said, hey, we want you to ha- I want you to have dominion over these. Now, we can get into a whole other debate about the, the use and abuse of, of the authority that we have been given as God's creation, but we're not going to get into that this morning. Um, but again, reminding ourselves through this that we are created with value because we are created in the image of God. We are elevated above the rest of the animals, and we wouldn't put ourselves back into that place. I, I appreciate what author and speaker Christopher Ewan says. He said this, therefore, when we make anything else the core of our being, it's not only a distortion of the imago Dei, the image of God, but also an affront to our Creator. Misimaging God should never be treated as trivial, benign, or inconsequential. So he's going so far, and I would agree with him, as saying that God created us, elevated us above all other creation, said it's very good, created us in his own image. And when we say, hey, well, I'm just another animal, we're actually reducing and we're misimaging God. We're saying that, okay, well, what God said and intended, that doesn't really matter because I'm just going to put us right alongside everything else. Whatever value we get in our identity, this has to be our starting point. As followers of Jesus, that we're created in the image of God, that he's elevated us above everything else that he created. Whenever we live outside or against the image in which we're created, no matter what that might be, we begin to live in a false identity. And we begin idolizing something that's not true or that has no business being elevated that high. You know, we are created with value. That value comes from the image in which we are created. While there may be other things that give us value, the most valuable part of who we are and where we find our identity is in the fact that God, the creator of the universe, saw fit to create us in his own image. So God created us with value. And then the psalm that we started the service Looking at this morning, Psalm 139, if you flip over there or scroll over there or just look on the screen, um, starting in verse 13 of this Psalm of David, Psalm 139, David wrote these words. He said, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. So we are created with value, and what David says in these verses tells us that we're also created on purpose, that, that God didn't make a mistake, we weren't an accident uh, in being formed. Before we ever saw the outside world, before we ever left our, our mother's body, God had intentionally created us. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, as, as David so eloquently puts it here. You know, God knew what he was doing. 
That's not to say that we are perfect. But it does mean that God was aware of how we were putting, being put together. It says David's words, he knit us together. You know, have you ever seen somebody knit? If they ever did it haphazardly, it would be a disaster. And God had intention about putting us together. And so if we consider that uh, there's something wrong with us and we say, okay, well, this isn't as it should be, that's one thing. But to say that something's wrong, um, then uh, what are we saying about what God has created? God's creation of us was intentional and on purpose, both inside and outside. And unfortunately, we're living in a day and age when um, too much weight is being placed on aspects of us um, and not enough on other parts. Nancy Percy, in her book, Love Thy Body, said this. She said, for our, if our bodies do not have inherent value, then a key part of our identity is devalued. You know, and I, God created us in his image. He showed that we were valuable, said that we we're very good. And then when God chose to repair the relationship that was broken between us and God, with, between humanity and God, how did he do that? He did it by coming, stepping into time and putting flesh on. And so if bodies weren't important, if our physicality wasn't important, then why would Jesus have put on flesh and walked among us, been God incarnate? Who we are is based in our creation in the image of God, and it's equally as important to consider that there was an intentionality in our creation. When we fail to see that there was purpose in our creation, we begin to idolize parts of us elevating them above where they should be. Author and pastor Tim Keller, he wrote this. He said, what is an idol? It's anything more important to you than God. Anything that absorbs your heart and imagination more than God. Anything you seek to give you what only God can give. We'll end up talking throughout this series of, about other play, of things that we've made idols. And uh, Keller goes on to say that an idol is a good thing that we've made into an ultimate thing. And and I'm going to remind myself, remind all of us throughout this series of that definition. Because what we talk about ultimately and the places where we put our identity, those are not necessarily bad places. Um, So don't hear that. But what happens is we look at places that are good places. We look at things that are good things and we elevate them above where they're supposed to be. And when we do that, we make a good thing an ultimate thing and we've raised something even to the level of God or higher than God. And again, I I think one of the things as we wrestle through this to remember is that all the things that we talk about um, throughout the series, you know, possessions or jobs or whatever, those, those aren't bad things. But anything can become bad when we elevate them from where they're supposed to be. And so, yeah, God created us with value. He created us on purpose, and he created us for a purpose as well. One more verse to look at over in Jeremiah chapter 1. Verse 5, Jeremiah 
writing what the Lord is speaking to him. He says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. You know, now, maybe, maybe it was just my mom. Maybe, it's, uh, maybe your mom did it too. I'm not going to get into my mom's better than your mom or, or whatever. Maybe it's every mom that does this who, who you know, says to their, their kid when they're struggling with identi- identity, probably in their teenage years, um, that uh, you know, God doesn't make junk. Right? If, if you said it before, we're not going to ask for confessions this morning. But, or, or if you've relied on those words from your mom, we're not going to ask for that either. But um, I know it was said to me before. Uh, and <clears throat> whether I agree with the cliche of it or not, the, the fact of the matter is God created us for a purpose. And he knew what we would accomplish. You know, we're not going to get into like philosophical, deterministic, fatalistic approaches towards life here in this moment and say, well, you know, did God determine everything before I did it? And, you know, I'm going to do the opposite just because or we're, we're not talking about that and free will at this moment. But we're saying that God created us for a purpose. He created us with value. He created us with purpose and he created us for a purpose. Um, God put us together in such a way that we might accomplish the purpose that he had for us. And when we begin to question that, we're ultimately saying that we know better than God. That's going back. Again, if you go back to Genesis, where did Adam and Eve fall apart? When they believed the lie that the enemy told them that, hey, you can raise yourself and elevate yourself to a place that if you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you can know as much or more than God. And, you know, it's a hard place for us. I think Americans probably struggle with it even more because we're so individualistic, uh, we're so independent that the idea of being uh, attached and submitted to something is really hard for Americans to, to come to grips with. We don't want to feel like we're enslaved to anybody, that we're attached, that we're accountable to anybody. And, and yet, uh, in that, we have to understand that, that God knows more, God knows better than us. And when we say, actually, no, I know more, we're, again, then we become guilty of self-idolatry. We're, we're elevating ourselves to the place of God. You know, we don't talk about um, Presbyterianism a ton here or, or Reformed theology um, in detail uh, here, but one of the documents of the church, the larger catechism of the Westminster Confession of Faith, a, a centuries-old document um, that was put together by church fathers along the way, expounds on Orthodox Christianity, Orthodox um, thinking and belief, and, and asks a series of questions in the larger catechism. And one of those questions is, what's the primary and highest purpose of human beings? And the answer to that is that the primary and highest purpose of human beings is to glorify God and to enjoy Him completely forever. It may seem an oversimplification, but God wants us to enjoy Him. 
Okay? And part of enjoying Him is enjoying His creation. It's enjoying uh, all the things that He's created for us and giving Him glory in that enjoyment. When we look beyond this purpose, I think sometimes we overcomplicate things. We, we try to make good things, ultimate things, elevating them to God level. I mean, I remember being a teenager and, and asking that question of like, what am I supposed to do with my life? God, what is my purpose? And I think most of us come to that place where we're like, am I really fulfilling my purpose in life? And I think we want this like detailed, write it on the wall, write it in the stars or the sky or whatever kind of thing. And God's not saying, hey, I, I want you to do this, 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 follow these steps and that's it. No, he's saying simply, hey, I've created you for my enjoyment and for your enjoyment of me. And when we go beyond that and we overcomplicate things, then I think that's when we start getting ourselves into trouble. Now, I've been spending a lot of time studying, reading, preparing for, for this series over the last few months. And, and the thing that has surprised me, I, I mean, this is always the way that it works with, with series that I do. I, I always go in thinking I know more than I do. Um, and then I, I end up sitting there going, oh, okay, I get it, God, right? Like, and it's mostly preaching to myself. So if you feel convicted, that's like an added benefit of this, okay? Because most of the time that we're going through this, it, it's hitting me first. I, I've stepped on my own toes far before your toes get, get stepped on. But what surprised me in all this preparation is what God's begun to unearth and uncover in me. These things that I'm like, oh yeah, like that's not a big deal. And like, oh wait, maybe it is. Matt Chandler, who's a pastor in, in Texas, actually had done a, a series on identity last summer. And I listened to a few of his, um, his messages. And one of the things that I really appreciated about what he talked about was this deep work that we're called to do. If we are, you know, again, throwing around big theological words like sanctification, part of this process that we're in as God continues to shape us and mold us that theologians will call sanctification, of being made holy, of being set apart, is this deep work that God calls us to. Where he says, hey, I want to hold a mirror up to you. I've probably used this analogy before. My, My mom used to have one of those mirrors that was normal on one side. And then you flipped it over and it was like magnified. Which I don't know who wants to see like that kind of closeness of their face. But, but my mom did it all the time. And I, I looked at it as a kid. And of course, I thought I was in a fun house, right? Looking at it because, man, it's right there. And I think sometimes when we're letting the Holy Spirit do that deep work in us, it's like looking at one of those mirrors where like you can't hide anything there, right? Like you see it all there glaring in your face. And I think that's the deep work that we're called to And the commitment that I am making to us as a community and that I hope that we're making together as a community through this is that we will ask ourselves these questions that that might um, 
be the deep work that the Holy Spirit's trying to do in us. And if you come up against something, which I, inevit- I know that we inevitably will, that as we're going through this series on identity, asking ourselves, okay, um, you know, do I agree with this? Do I not agree with this? Why don't I agree with this? Why does this cause me discomfort? Why am I bristling up against this? I, I just ask that you give space for the Holy Spirit in that. And that instead of getting mad, instead of saying, oh, I disagree and writing me, you know, hateful emails or, or letters or whatever, um, that, that we just talk about it and say, hey, I'm not sure that that's where I am. Or, or maybe, hey, here's some of the deep work that I feel like the Holy Spirit is, is doing in me. Because if we can't come to places where we don't always see eye to eye, and, and do it uh, in a way of community and love, then we're missing the deep work right there. We're, we're missing what God's calling us to do. You know, I've found in this time that, that there are places that I have not given over fully to God. Things that I've been like, oh yeah, that's not really a big deal. Or things that I'm like, mm, yeah, maybe it's not a, like, maybe it's not an idol. And then I realize as I look in that mirror that, oh, maybe it is. Good things that I've made ultimate things. And my hope and prayer is that God would unearth those things, not just in me, but in all of us. And that together we can wrestle through this process of being made more in and living more into the image in which God created us, the, the Imago Dei. So what do we do with all this? I think those three points um, are points that we need to remember, not just today, not just this week, but always. That first of all, we're created with value. That value comes from being created in the Imago Dei, the image of God. We are created on purpose. That, That there was intentionality in God putting us together. And then we are also created for a purpose. Sometimes we want the explicit details of that, but God's given us a 30,000-foot kind of overview of, hey, here's your purpose. Where we go from there is really our choice in the matter. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for this word. We thank you for seeing fit to create us in your image and to say that it is very good. Now, Father, as we step into this and and seek to let you do the deep work in us that needs to be done, I pray, God, that you would remind us over and over again who we are, who you say we are, and the image in which we were created. Let us see ourselves as valuable, not because of the things we've done or, or other things in our lives, but, God, because you have said I see you, my child, as valuable. And so God, continue the deep work that you've begun in us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're created with value. We're created on purpose. We're created for a purpose. I hope that you'll remember these things as we walk through this series together. Remember that God's created you in his image and allow the Holy Spirit to do the deep work in you. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you have any comments or questions, 
please email us at thebranchashland at gmail.com. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, give us a review, and share with your friends wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.